Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, my name is Matt Flashing Lights Frederick. And this is A.T. Nolian Brown. Now that's bad. But that I'm going to keep it. Good. No, I'm going to keep good. it. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I've made my bed and now I'm going to lie in it. And I am Max Powers, astronaut with a secret you or you that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Hey Ben, do that part from the opening again where you say the thing about the thing. From, from something to something. From UFOs to ghost and government cover-ups. You could turn back now. Or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Is that, uh, yeah. Which is our show. That's right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be redundant. I just thought, (laughs) you know, we haven't talked about aliens in a hot minute. We have not. That is true. That is true. And longtime listeners from the video series know that we slightly changed the language of the opener over Mm -hmm. time because we used to have, um, psychics in there somewhere. Psychics. Psychic powers. Or maybe UFOs. Mm -hmm. Um, so we haven't had uh, any kind of coverage about UFOs in a long time. And we wanted to come back and explore that a little bit today before we uh, hop on our own very well-identified flying object and head out to meet many of you in New York. I'm really looking forward to it. I know at least one of you is going to be there. Yeah, uh, I think so. 
we're all on the same flight. So if one of us doesn't make it, no, no, sorry, no not you guys, you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know you guys are going to be there. It's you guys. Our flight's going to be like the beginning of every uh, Marine Corps movie. Look to your left. Look to your right. One of you will make it. Oh my gosh. It's Please. a small plane. Uh, so what is a UFO? Let's just start there. What, what is this thing? Well, this is a, a bit of a disclaimer that we have to make at the top of these. A UFO does not mean aliens full stop. Uh, it could, perhaps, who knows, extraterrestrials. It just means it's unidentified and that means it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's true. It could be a helicopter. It could be a particularly determined swan. Yeah, that's just having light reflected off of it in a strange way. It could be somebody base jumping. Good old swamp gas. It could be swamp gas. One thing's for sure. A will-o'-the-wisp? A will-o'-the-wisp, yes. Are you going to be a will-o'-the-wisp or a won't-of-the-wisp? That's good, man. That's really well, good. It's kind of your idea. Yeah, but that, that, I, I could see that as like a like one of the posters with the kittens hanging from the tree. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think you have a future in inspirational uh, memorabilia ahead of you. Sir. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, that's good because if my job were to identify UFOs, I like most other people who attempt this endeavor would be at a loss. There's one thing that a lot of people don't realize about. UFO sightings. We know that they happen every year around the globe. Mm-hmm. But I did not know this. I don't know if you guys knew this already. Not only are UFO sightings at an all-time high, uh, but they're by far an American thing. Yeah, they are. They're, su- they're super common in the U.S. and Canada, and more so in Canada. That's right. Uh, the findings are based on data that was crunched by Sam Monfort, a doctoral student in human factors and applied cognition. Is that, is that, a, is that a fun acronym? That is. Mm-hmm. Not really. Doesn't really spell anything. Um, no, can't, can't even, can't even speak it. Uh, and that was at George Mason University. Um, so Monfort wrote up his findings in a blog update that used information from the National UFO Reporting Center, which does have a fun acronym. Mm-hmm. It's New Fork. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's like a town in Rhode Island. New Fork, Rhode Island, doesn't it sound like it would be? Yeah. Or a better fork. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Update. Um, and, New Fork is an organization that documents UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. Now, according to this report, these UFOs, the UFOs have been increasingly popping up uh, with 104,947 reported sightings just over the past 100 plus years. And there's an important thing here, too, because what does reported mean? After a certain amount of time, it means that it made it into print, you know? Yes. Like 100 years ago... People wouldn't count a reported sighting as somebody just talking about it. It would have mm-hmm. to be in some sort of official government document, et cetera. So there are probably more than these, and there are probably a lot that are written down in people's diaries and so on. Mm-hmm. And, of course, for the UFO enthusiast, we know that reported sightings date back into antiquity of just weird stuff in the sky. Mm-hmm. This is focusing – on a very specific period. So they're not saying that those other, you know, ancient glimpses never occurred. What about police reports? Do you think UFO reports ever end up in that form? And are those available to the public by, by, um, you know, there are some requests. There are some police reports. Usually it's a person 
reporting to the police, then the police will like jot mm-hmm. something down. Uh, and then especially if uh, an individual sees a UFO mm-hmm. and reports to the police and they also report it to NUFON mm-hmm. or MUFON or you know whatever yeah, yeah. else, uh, whoever else they report it to, that'll be noted a lot of times in the documents there. Okay. So I wonder if anybody has ever tried to use a UFO sighting to get out of some kind of altercation with the police. <laughs> Someone says, excuse me, uh, sir, we've had reports of a, of a crack pipe being detected in this vicinity. Has somebody ever said they visited me and they dropped this from the sky? I'm sure someone has. Those crack smoking ETs, man. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I, I still think it's the CIA though, more so than extraterrestrials. Hmm. The first recorded incident in, in this report that Monfort do, uh, does apparently occurred in Portland all the way back in 1905 and viewers reported seeing this buzzing sphere shaped UFO that descended from the sky. But sightings have spiked dramatically over the past Three decades, with the reported number jumping from like 5,000 in 1980 to 45,000 in 2010. What's going on? And this report reinforces this idea that UFO sightings are a, largely a United States thing. The U.S. collectively reports around 2,500 sightings per 10 million people, which is 300 times more than the global median. That's pretty huge. Feels kind of like our uh, same, the same proportion of our military spending to other parts of the world. Um, and more of these sightings are reported in states in the West and Northwest with uh, some of the states in the Northeast. They're like lagging just behind those. So we're really looking at the edges, the, the coasts. And a new report came out very recently. Uh, these two authors, Cheryl Costa and Linda Miller Costa, released uh, essentially a book that details more modern UFO sightings in the United States. These were aggregated from reports that were given to New Fork and to uh, you may have heard Matt mention this acronym before. What was it? MUFON? Yeah, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Which sounds kind of made up, but we promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a genuine thing. Yes, it is. Like you can call these people and report something strange in the sky. That's why their organization exists. And it goes into a document and you can then search it later and you will see that it's there and other people can see it. Yeah. So they collected this stuff just from 2001 to 2015 and they came out with the book named... It's the UFO sightings desk reference, not to be confused with the physician's desk reference. Colon, United States of America, 2001 to 2015. So they have over 100,000 sightings that they've collected. And we have uh, we have the quote from them, what they're going for. Since 1969, the government has claimed no interest in the subject and the press and media either ignore or ridicule any mention of UFOs, yet citizen scientists and non-governmental organizations have continued to this day the research into this important subject. This book seeks to make the hardest data available, accessible to the general public, as well as other UFO researchers. Hey, it's clearly written to be like read rather than... yes. Rather than performed. Yeah. Those are, those are long sentences, but the argument there is just that 
regardless of what a government is actually doing, they're pretty dismissive toward looking into this. Nothing to see here. Right, right. And maybe the days of the men in black are gone and they're replaced by, you know, um, online shills. I was going to say Facebook news stories. Okay. Yeah. But I think we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So the book has, uh, narrative sections, you know, like an anecdotal thing, uh, frequently asked questions. And then they have a bunch of data, right? Charts, tables, and maps. And they found that this goes for all of the country or all of the states in the U.S., including the District of Columbia. And this is uh, this is an interesting point. And if you want to check this out, you can do so. Just like that. All you have to do is go to Amazon. Yeah, it's only 40 U.S. dollars. Uh, I guess it must be a giant tome. I haven't physically seen the thing it would be great if it really i mean it's a desk reference right so it must be a fairly large tome forty dollars now for some critics uh that that is fuel to a fire and they might say well of course you think this is the most important book because you get forty dollars a pop every time someone agrees with you you know yeah but i mean you got to think about it uh cheryl and linda they both have families they got to put food on their families you know Apparently delicious filet mignons. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, uh, it is also important to point out that, you know, these people are probably, they're definitely not working like other scientists or statisticians with some kind of institutional support. Now yeah. that's a good point, Ben. They gotta, they gotta get their, the most bang for their buck. Yeah. Where do you get a grant for that kind of thing? Collating UFO data? Um, I'm, you know, I was so close to making a Hugh Grant joke, but I think I'm going to give him the day off. All right. Very nice of you. <laughs> I think he's been through enough. Uh, but what does this report contain? That's something that we're exploring here because we found some things that might interest you. And we'll tell you about them after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, 
where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. One thing that we can glean from this report, from this giant amount of information, is that California, they're getting their UFO on over there. They're really seeing stuff in the sky, and frequently, and in all parts. Yes, that is correct. Uh, California has had nearly 16,000 reported sightings of UFOs since 2001. That's, that's also according to the San Francisco gate. And as we were coming into the podcast studio today, we we're already hearing about more recent ones. There was a report like in March 21st, just a few weeks ago, as we record this, and you have to wonder why why this seems concentrated in one area. I think it's because Tom DeLong lives in California. Ah, uh, yes, Tom DeLong of Blink One Eighty Two. Could you could you tell tell everyone a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, Blink One Eighty Two was one of the quintessential pop punk bands of our generation, and uh, Tom left it all behind to become a uh, preeminent. UFO researcher, I guess, mm -hmm. and he actually won an, an award this year uh, for the work he's done, and he posted a very cryptic video online where he said that, you know, he couldn't really talk about it, but that he was uh, getting some really interesting inside access to some of the popular crash site, you know, mm -hmm. documents of very over the years, and had some people that he was working with that were kind of helping him, and, you know, on a science -y level, it sounded like, uh, but he couldn't really say much, but he said, stay tuned, that it was going to be an interesting year for his work into uh, UFO research. Wow, man. So so here's my theory. In 2001, mm. when Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was first released, mm. it got so much radio play on the terrestrial Earth here, uh, and all these radio waves went away, it was intercepted 
you know, from the earth, went away from the earth. It was intercepted by some craft that was checking out the earth, just being like, hey, what's going on over here? They heard it, loved it, and they knew they had to make contact with this guy. So they did, and now he's in on the game. Well, it's very catchy. Uh, It's sort of like that episode of Pete and Pete with Johnny Unitas. You know, remember that? Mm -hmm. I don't don't Mm want to spoil it, but it's basically, there. that's a very, very heart heartfelt episode but the idea is that uh an alien sees a football game and becomes enamored with this player johnny unitas but he sees it on a delay so like he doesn't he sees it very recently when it's actually a very very old game yeah the example i always think of is a an old older i guess an 80s movie i want to say uh maybe 90s called mac the, and me it's called the explorers mac yes. and is a good one and the explorers, you know, the alien's entire conversational tone is based off Nick at Night, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah. Old black and white television, uh, and it, that's that's an interesting idea. How cool would that be, Tom DeLong? If you're listening, let us know. Also, is Blink One Eighty Two getting back together? I think. Well, I think yeah, they I think they replaced Tom. Oh, that's cold. So I think he's he's going full time with the uh, with the UFO he's, research. He's moved beyond it, huh? I never even knew what Blink One Eighty Two meant. What was the number? Doesn't matter. Do you know? No. No. Does anyone know? Probably. All right. We'll save that for another show. So why is California? Why is California such a hot hot spot for this? Such a hotbed. Uh, there, there are a couple of reasons, I guess, if we wanted to check out, um, if we wanted to just look at the specs of the state. It's huge. Yeah, it's really big. Anyway, you slice it, uh, over almost 34 million people live in California alone. Uh, let's see, the average age there is 49 for men or just under 50 for men and just over 50 for women uh in terms of its physical size like not just population it's gigantic you could cut it into two states several people have argued that should be the case you know and northern california is very different from southern california and it's also right there on the coast. Much of its border is the Pacific Ocean. And if anything happens far out on the sea, or at least close enough to where you can visibly make something out at an altitude, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of lights out there are going to do weird things with the way the atmosphere changes light as it gets to your eye. I mean, not to mention, like, if you had, like, a Cloverfield situation where, you know, the the alien drops out of the sky in some sort of craft that can then, you know, be submerged. Oh, yeah. Submergible. That'd be a thing. That'd be a, that, that, well, that'd be a good way to, to pop into the scene, you know, without making a big uh, a big to-do, you know, yeah. go do it way out to sea. Or if you're, like, a Godzilla, you know, you can come up from underneath. It's very no, it's very true. Un- unidentified submerged objects are a thing. We've talked about yes, them before, yes. and it does make logical sense that if you're some kind of aircraft that could that can sure. go underwater like that and travel there, and also travel in air, uh, which seems like it might be hard. But hey, if you can get to Earth, you can probably do it. And or uh, well, or build something that can do it because a submersible aircraft is is not a impossible idea it sounds like it would be a real pain to engineer it yeah i do want to point out another thing a fun fact how much of a sitcom setup is this 
within California, there's a disproportionate amount of sightings from one place by far. Really? Yes. Throughout the whole state, there's one city that has like the majority of these reports. What is it? Do, do you care to guess? Uh, kind of. It's I, easy. It's easy? It's easy to guess. Like Hollywood? Yeah, it's Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say well, like Van Nuys. No, no. That's, <laughs> that's in that's in, that's in, that's in I know, that yeah. is true, I guess. But so uh Los Angeles County outranks any other place in California and on its own more than 40 states with 3,200 sightings reported. LA is crazy. Wow. Also, they're just, they're just hopeful, you know, like maybe, maybe it's were. a UFO. Maybe, right? Hope springs eternal. But there's another thing here that could also lend to this propensity of reports. Because we're not saying people are making it up. We're saying that people are just reporting more stuff. Mm -hmm. California also has a huge number of military bases. That's right. There are more than 50 known military bases inside the state of California, not to account for God knows how many secret ones there might be, you know, for national security. And we also have to remember that California is immediately adjacent to Nevada and Arizona, which have plenty of military facilities themselves, in addition to test sites like the Nevada National Security Site um, or what you know, also known as the Nevada Test Site. And that spans almost 1,360 square miles and is roughly 65 miles northwest of Las Vegas. It was established in 1951 to test nuclear devices. And one of the most recent tests occurred on December 7th of 2012, which was an underground explosion meant to learn about the properties of plutonium. And that just means that there's a, you know, a huge swath of land out there where you could ostensibly test whatever you wanted. Although it's pretty much tainted at this point with uh, radiation. Right. And there are so many other things that are in that vicinity or that region, right? Uh, we can't forget that the federal government owns vast swaths of land in states abutting California and within California itself. Out in those deserts where there's nobody to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Where the world either ended early or God got into abstract art. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If a cactus falls in the desert, can anybody hear you scream? We Wait, will, I, make, I mixed my metaphors. Never mind. <laughs> I think it worked. And we will answer that question <laughs> definitively after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... 
Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back to, to the cactus. Uh, oh boy. The answer is maybe. Maybe. Maybe we're back just to the cactus. No, maybe the, like you can hear it scream. Oh. No, no, no. It can hear you scream. Whoa. Oh. See, I was combining if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound with in space, no one can hear you scream. What's that other one? If a tree falls in a forest and hits a mime, does anyone care? Well, people don't like mimes as a rule. I kind of, you know, I kind of like mimes. mimes out there. I like it. Okay. I like I like the whole thing. It's a skill. I like the part where they're in the box. Yeah. yeah. A knife in the hand is worth two in the drawer. Speaking of fantastic segues, we should also look at the report itself because it aggregated a lot of data, but it aggregated it from places that, you know, clearly have some sort of agenda. Yeah. They, I mean, even if it's just gathering as much information as possible, perhaps there's not the level of scrutiny placed on the reports that you might expect. You know, you just you take the information in. You write it down objectively, whatever you're told, and you put it away in a document. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not like peer-reviewed. Well, it's not peer-reviewed, and there's not someone, you know, on the phone saying, well, okay, so what you saw, you know, going over what the person saw or, like, really going over what flights were in the vicinity or that kind of thing. Yeah, it's analyzed later. It's just Mm -hmm. reported. So we have some examples of, like, the format this takes, correct? Yes, uh, this is going to come directly from the National UFO Reporting Center. These are samples. Newport. 
New, yep, New Fork. These are sightings that occurred in California from March of this year. So just, you know, several days ago, uh, plus 30. And let's, let's go into this. These are reported as city, shape, duration, and then a quick short summary. That'd be physical shape of the object. Whatever right? the thing is that you saw. So the first one comes from Miramar, California. It was in some kind of formation and it lasted five minutes. And what was seen was rapid blinking light, which appeared to grow in size. Uh, first, just one light was visible and then this formation itself became visible. And this was an anonymous report. That is one of those things that you know, you're driving, you're hanging out on the porch, you see it, and you go, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what that, whoa, why are all those lights there? Can I can totally understand that kind of thing. I would make, I would have made that one. Uh, here's a few more. We've got one in Van Nuys. Um, the shape is unknown, which, what does that mean? Like, does that mean it's just like a new shape? Like, I'm not even sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe perhaps it changed shape. Yeah, Who fair. knows? Um, and the duration was two minutes, and the summary was fast-moving silent objects in formation. Um, and that was an anonymous report. Then we have one in Palm Springs. Uh, this is good. A fancy UFO. Uh, the shape was a formation, so I'm assuming that means uh, it was a group of UFOs. Some kind of formation. Not a Beyonce joke. Yeah. Right. Um, and a 30-second sighting, and then in double parentheses, in all caps with Two question marks. It says hoax. Yeah, I think this is a note from whoever recorded it. And then the the, uh, the word Mars written in the sky by lights. And that is also an anonymous report. Yeah. Uh, you That's know. weird. I don't know. <laughs> Some aliens come down and light tagging the clouds. It's a little on the nose. A, a bit. So you, so you can see range there already right. uh, between what you're going to receive with these kinds of sightings. Would you say the range is like from absurd to ridiculous? Or? No, no. It's absurd to puzzling, ah, I think. That's better. Right? Um, something sure. you just don't understand. Like there's one in San Diego. How I could just kill a man? <laughs> so, yeah, there's one in San Diego that was uh, formed in a circle, lasted two minutes, and we're just looking at some orange spheres that disappear and reappear in the sky somewhere. Yes, typically the more objective or reliable reports regarding anomalous material in the sky will not make a guess toward motive mm -hmm. or agency. Like this one in Modesto, California. It was a circle, and for a duration of six minutes, people witnessed in the sky three red lights. They thought, oh, probably the military doing exercises, but they lined up and then one flew off a top... <laughs> <laughs> the one on top flew hecka fast. <laughs> yeah. I guess they say hella in California, yeah. right? But what we see here, what we see here is that as, as we said, there is a, there is a range and it leaves us with a lot of questions. Why is this an American phenomenon predominantly? Why is it localized to certain states or regions? And perhaps most importantly, what what military craft, at least some of this, was going to be mistaken, top secret military craft. Yeah. We know that it happened with stealth fighters in the past. We know that it happened with jets as well as with surveillance things. Yeah, a lot uh, of high altitude aircraft that were being tested. Right. Like right now, uh, the P-791, a lot of people who l lament the long gone days of airships and zeppelins, well, they're back. The U.S. has several creepy ones that are at a very, very high altitude. 
watching for some reason. I, you know, who knows what they're watching? Maybe they're watching us. I think Matt made a good point earlier when we get into this next point, which is uh, the rise of drone technology. So, like, you know, there's all these consumer or prosumer drones, camera drones, different things mm-hmm. like that. They can fly pretty high and pretty far. Yeah. And this idea of reflections over the ocean or, you know, some of them have lights mounted on them. I, if you if you saw the uh, Super Bowl halftime show, for example, there was a whole section in it where it was just this massive array of drones with, like, LED lights on them that can yeah. be controlled. And, you know, California is ground zero for that kind of tech. They know how know. to party. Well, I'm just saying, like, if something cool like that comes out, you know. They're innovating. They're it. innovating it. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that could account for some of these uh, reports if well, yeah. there's been such a massive uptick. Mm-hmm. I really like this idea of uh, of drone technology having something to do with that. Even on the mid-level uh, professional or amateur drone operator, you can make some weird things happen in the sky for people who don't know what they're looking at. It's pretty affordable as well. Yeah, right now, if you have a spare thousand bucks, somebody does, uh, we, we, we don't, uh, but you can get your hands on a drone with an operating distance of 7,000 meters. Yeah, like at, you can buy those at Barnes & Noble. Like, I mean, <laughs> they literally have them at CVS. Yeah, and you just hop on Amazon and it'll show up at your door even. And in theory, with an operating distance of that, like that far, 7,000 meters, in theory it means you can reach a max altitude of 23,000 feet above the sea level. And, you know, if you're in California and you're pretty close to the sea level in certain areas over there by the mm-hmm. coast um, or in other areas of California, that's really high because you have to think that the the cruising altitude for a commercial airliner is going to be around 36,000 feet. So how many drones are out there? There are lots and lots of drones. Just to look back at 2015, the holiday season of 2015, mm-hmm. almost a million consumer drones were sold inside the U.S. And that's just the holiday season for one year. That's just one year, and you know it's a year and a half ago. But then in uh, December of 2015, the FAA started requiring all new owners of drones that are between um, a certain weight, so like 0.55 pounds to 55 pounds, they were require, requiring these owners to register their drones just so that they would know, hey, here's the general vicinity where these are going to be located and where they might be flying. Hmm. However, in early February of last year, only 325,000 of these drones had been registered, and that's not including all the other drones that have been purchased. Are you the saying there are rogue drones out there, Matt? Un- unregistered drones? I'm saying we are littered with rogue drones. Dirty drones? Like, do they shave the uh, whatever the equivalent of the VIN is off of them? <laughs> Possibly. Dude, I want a burner <laughs> drone. Well, I mean, do you think it's going to change where getting a drone is going to become more prohibitive? Like you have to like having to register a like weapon immediately. or something. Certainly, right. yeah, I think certainly that'll what they're sorting out now would be a federal level law. Uh, some uh, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, uh, please let us know what your experience is with having a drone. But I think that's a very good argument for the rise of sightings. Let's remember. Uh, not only are parts of California very, very crowded, but they are, as Noel said, full of very tech-savvy people, mm-hmm. people that the markets often call early adopters. Right, exactly. You know, and, and something that's just close to this but not quite is the idea of sending things up into lower Earth orbit like balloons. Sure. You've seen these viral videos all over YouTube now where you can make a, a balloon that will go up high enough, you attach a GoPro or some other equivalent camera to it, and you just send something up. 
and then post it to YouTube. And these things go really high. A lot of times there's a blinking light involved. Ooh. And, you know, just these little innovative things that are happening. Maybe that's another part of it, too, because one thing we haven't mentioned yet is whether the U.S.'s rate of Internet connectivity explains the number of sightings that people report. I understand that reasoning, but here's why I'm not persuaded that that could be the whole explanation, because other countries have way better Internet connections in terms of speed, in terms of consistency, in terms of uh, literally any metric you can imagine. You're talking about South Korea? Yeah, absolutely, I'm talking about South Korea. It's so good. That Internet is so good. That's amazing, you know. <laughs> uh, but the, that's that's a good point and a good counterpoint. So we don't know how much of a role that has to play. Drones, most definitely. My money is on testing of unacknowledged military vehicles or misidentified vehicles. I don't, ben, I think you might be right. In a way, the the internet connect, connectivity is being channeled through our smartphones that we all carry around now. So we can all pick up our camera at almost any time, not all of us, of course, but many of us, and just film if we think we see a UFO, right? Right. So the sighting itself gets documented faster and more reliably. But at the same time, to me, that has the potential to diminish the um, impact of a mere sighting and report sure. when we are all, most of us, equipped with the stuff to capture the damn thing. Mm -hmm. You know, why don't we have more convincing UFO videos if it's about the rise of technology and the uh, the quickness of being able to report something? Why aren't we seeing more Twitter posts Instagram pictures of legit sightings. And well, here's, a, here's another thing. Why aren't they being identified more concisely or definitively? Mm. Uh, if, if this, all of this technology exists, if and it is true that now more than any other point in human history, there will be multiple people able to document the same thing, right? All three of us. If we're out on an adventure somewhere and we see something really cool, all three of us are going to secure some sort of evidence of it, right? And with those three differing angles, then the chances of us being able to identify something dramatically increase. So there's another question here, which is why are these things not being identified more efficiently? Why are they still unknown, but there's just more of them? That's why, again, my money goes on um, unacknowledged private sector testing of things or military applications. Oh, you beat me to it, Ben. That seems completely believable because, as we know, usually the military do a pretty good job of keeping their new technology under wraps and from the public until they're done with it. People didn't even know that stealth helicopters existed until, until that one crashed. Until that Bin Laden raid. Yeah, <laughs> right. And now, now the secret's out. And that's still kind of a oxymoron to me, a stealth helicopter. Yeah. It's like the quiet yell. <laughs> <laughs> the Wilhelm scream. You know, you know what I'm, I am seeing a viable business plan here, guys. A service, maybe we can call it UFO. Maybe that's what it's called. Okay. And it's an app on your phone, and all you have to do is take a video 
or whatever, however you get mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. uh, send it through the service. And there's human beings on the other side who collate data from the FAA mm-hmm. from other sources about like, are there any kind of balloon festivals going on right now? Is there a wedding yeah. where there are Chinese lanterns going up? A balloon festival? That sounds charming. Uh, there might be a balloon. I don't know if there's such that thing. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, we could just start a balloon festival. I was thinking hot air balloon. I don't sure. know. Sure. <laughs> sure. All balloons. But you, uh, you just send in, you say, hey, was this a UFO? And then somebody can go, uh, it was this or yes, it was. So two things. First off, I think that's a great idea. I feel like someone in this process should be swiping left or right. It's very big on phones now. <laughs> okay. So just maybe they yeah. swipe. Yeah, to yeah, determine yeah. the veracity. Secondly, um, I don't know about, I don't know about you, Noel, but from Matt's pitch, I think what I like the most is the balloon festival. Yeah. Man, all right. Do you want to do a balloon festival? We'll do the app as well, but I think we should premiere it at this balloon festival. All right. What about a balloon festival app where you can find your nearest balloon <laughs> festival? <laughs> heaven i would pay for that i wouldn't pay much but i'd pay well, see then we have to start another company that hosts balloon festivals okay well now that we've talked about it on air everyone just keep this a secret until we can roll it out uh because you're the best part of this show and we depend on you uh speaking of you i guess it's time for shout out corners our first shout-out today comes from Lorgar the Terrible. I added the second one. Lorgar! Uh, at Vaults of Ekstoth, which still sounds pretty pretty terrible. Um, I mean, by terrible, I mean... Like metal. Yeah, metal, like yeah. Uh, like uh, uh, intimidating. There you go. Uh, and some of you may actually remember Lorgar at Vaults of Ekstoth. Toth? Ekstoth? Vaults of Ekstoth. He has written to us before, Lorgar, if that's his real name. I hope so, but I, I sort of doubt it. Um, just finished our documentary about the Georgia Guidestones on Amazon. Hooray. And he made a great point. Um, he says, quote, one thing about the eugenics angle of the Guidestones is uh, if it was for white supremacy, why also have a language like Sanskrit? That is a very oh. interesting point. If that is, there's, there's no indication of race. It seems to be it's more about in- intellect. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is no clear indication. But one thing I think is a great point brought up by your question, Lorgar, is that the many, many racially oriented supremacy movements idolize or fetishize or imagine some relationship with an ancient pre-existing culture. So a lot of people that would be identified as white supremacists today were traveling as, you know, European colonizers or something. They see the ruins of this huge African empire. And then instead of saying, well, the people who lived here previously must have done this, they would be like, aha, the white city in Africa. Yeah. So there's this confirmation bias that exists. Um, but I, I still think that is an excellent question if they are um, supremacists. Of of any sort, then why would they also have like Swahili? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't seem like a very supremacist oriented thing, but that's a great question. 
And thanks for thanks for watching the uh, documentary. If anyone else out there has not seen it, it is available for free on Amazon Video. Uh, if you don't have Prime, I think you, you, you get bugged by a couple of ads. But if yes. you do, then it is ad-free all the live long day. Check it out and let us know what you think. And for all of you out there in Canada or Australia... Especially, especially you folks in Australia. Or Bananada, which is a country I just made up. Ah, Bananada. Well, all of y'all, um, you can't watch it right now currently because of the restrictions on Amazon. However, we are finding way, a way, a solution to make this work, uh, for Illumination Global Unlimited. Uh, they've, you know, they have their their scruples and we're gonna, we're gonna make it work for them. So look for it soon. Our next shout-out comes from Chad Sanborn, another familiar name, uh, at Chad Sanborn. He writes, Did you see this Red Mercury scare? Fascinating since it doesn't exist, and you guys discussed it last month. Uh, I did not see this. He sent us an AJC article. That's our hometown newspaper. It is. I believe Chad is an Atlantan. Yes. A-T-Alien. <clears throat> Alien. I don't know how to say that properly, uh, but this is – I'm just going to read a quick excerpt from this. It says, officials are investigating in downtown Atlanta after reports that a man claiming to have red mercury from Africa walked into the Region 2 location of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says they're still gathering information on the call. And here's another quote. Red mercury is reportedly a substance used to create nuclear bombs, but its existence has not been documented. Nope, it hasn't. Wasn't that some of that Nazi tech? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's mentioned in the in the uh, Nazi Bell episode. Die Glocke. Hey, but mm-hmm. the police in Atlanta took it seriously. Apparently, parts of Peachtree Street, Peachtree Center Avenue, and Cortland Street down by GSU, uh, alma mater, uh, they were closed off, and officers were redirecting traffic. A hazmat team, a bomb squad, and fire trucks were seen near the invest- the. Uh, investigation dude do you think that's what blew up the bridge was it a red mercury experiment hold on this is from march 30th hmm. we haven't have we talked about no, that on air at the no, show dude. okay have. so uh several several days ago it's it's april 5th as we record this right just a few days before it comes out time travels weird i know welcome to the show uh a few a mere few days ago uh, part of a very important interstate here in Atlanta. It's an collapsed. artery. Yeah, it's an artery to the beating heart of mm-hmm. the city. And it caught a fire and collapsed. And you may be saying, Matt, Noel, Ben, why would you have bridges of oily rags and wood? But this was not a wood no. rag no, bridge. No. This is concrete and steel, baby. It Asshole. did, however, happen to have a enormous stockpile of heavily flammable materials stored underneath it. Yeah. Which, which caught a fire. The official narrative now, um, well, first there were no injuries, mm-hmm. not even fatalities. There were no injuries. Nothing. Um, and this was at the, you know, the hinterlands, chronologically speaking of rush. It's so strange to me because it was rush hour, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was like know, at the end of rush hour. I drove by it at six forty ish. Oh, that's right. Okay. And he took that later, photo then. and yeah. posted it onto Facebook where you can follow us. We are conspiracy stuff. Correct. Watch it now before it gets taken down. Hmm. Wait, why'd you say it like you're going to take it down? Mm, I don't know. You might only be able to see it for the next few minutes. You sound like that guy from it's like, it's like Snapchat kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> You sound like our 
anime, anime <laughs> characters. Oh, yeah, boy. I'm going to take the video down. So we'd like to hear your take on what happened just to let you know the, the current stance of the officials. Oh, I get it because of Red Mercury. It was yeah. a, it was, it was a Nazi. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you heard that part that I hope we cut out. German <laughs> listeners, we appreciate your time immensely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Uh, and so we just to sew up this bridge, uh, story real quick. Currently, the people who were arrested were three, three, um, they were described as homeless people in the news. And apparently they had met previously. I love the way this was depicted. Uh, they they met under the bridge and uh, began having a discussion about smoking crack, which makes it sound like there was a meeting. Dude, planning on smoking crack? It, it makes it sound like somebody said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for meeting me here tonight. I'd like to thank uh, Snakebite for bringing the beans. There's no one named mm-hmm. Snakebite. Yeah. But uh, those those people were apprehended and tra- and for the official purposes, uh, thought to be the originators of this fire. But again, no one was hurt. Time moves on. Uh, traffic will be terrible. But for some reason, you know, for years and years, they have been storing some very flammable things under the bridge. It was yeah. a PVC material, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was the Georgia Department of Transportation that put it under there. So it's kind of their fault. Like, mm-hmm. oops. It is definitely a code violation, right? Yeah. Sure. So we have uh, one more email here. Uh, Nathaniel P. writes in and says, What up, guys? It's Nudie. I just came across a topic that always bothered me. Do you remember the Michael Hastings car accident a few years back? The recent WikiLeaks Vault 27 release allegedly has info regarding CIA tech capabilities. Among those listed are weaponized malware and remote hacking. Ironic, because that is exactly how conspiracy realists believe he died. Was he planning on exposing the CIA like he did General Petraeus? Was he targeted by the CIA? I remember reading he died shortly after telling his lawyer he was being investigated by the FBI. This also brings to mind the Aaron Schwartz death, which is eerily similar. Both died shortly after being investigated by the FBI in 2013. And then he goes on to say uh, that he enjoyed the uh, Guidestones documentary and he uh, wonders if we are planning on making more documentary-style films in the future. Do you remember the Michael Hastings stuff? It brings a very, very tiny bell. Yeah, I very much remember that. And the whole discussion at the time was, hey, can cars be hacked? Can these new smart cars that are connected to the Internet get hacked? And the answer came unequivoc- unequivocally, yes, it can happen. Uh, it was also noted that in most situations, you would have to physically get into the vehicle and attach yourself to one of the onboard computers to to make it function like put a backdoor in essentially in the main onboard computer. Yeah. Um, but it was shown that if you did, if you did successfully get in there, you could stop the brakes. You could make the car's engine turn over and go. Yeah. You could like mess with all the lights and air conditioning, pretty much anything you wanted to do, you could do to a car. And one of those things is make it go really fast into a tree. Right. So the Hastings information or when Hastings and Schwartz passed away, the current information said that you can do this, but it has to be plugged in physically yeah. to the car's computer. Uh, but now it seems that the CIA has the technology that was always speculated that they have. And what's more, that this can be remotely accessed with no physical contact with the car. 
That is so scary. So the car itself becomes the weapon. And you're right, Newtie. That's what the, the, the hacks indicate that they are definitely, if not already capable of doing so, working on that. And it's a super valuable, you know, it's a super valuable tool to have for that line of work. I don't want to be able to remotely control other people's cars. I would go power mad. I have very yeah. definite opinions about how people should behave in traffic. Oh, you could, you could be a car hacker for good. See, you but could everybody, make... but every, I guarantee you, everybody who is doing that thinks they are also a car hacker for good. Oh yeah. You're well, maybe. Yeah. Good is just like, uh, good depends on where you stand and when you meet it. You'd sure. be more of a, a brown hat hacker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or, or a red hat just for the excitement. Ooh. I like that. And just make everybody use their blinkers all the time. That's all I ask. Please, oh, some man. some hacker out there. Now that's going into something that's a different show, but uh, we we appreciate it. Uh, thank you for not letting Michael Hastings be forgotten, Newtie, and thank you for your interest. We we do have some on the way. Um, we can't give you definites right now, but stay tuned and act surprised. This concludes our. So, like we said, write to us. You are the best part of the show, and we need you to make it as good as it can be. So you can find us on Twitter, at Conspiracy Stuff, Facebook, Conspiracy Stuff, Instagram, Conspiracy Stuff Show. show. <laughs> and if you don't want to do any of that stuff, uh, and you've already watched Etched in Secret, the Georgia Guidestones on Amazon Video right now, uh, write to us. You can send us anything you want to via email. We are conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.